Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone, and a big warm welcome to USA Global TV and radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. It is a pleasure to have you here with us today. Our show is Global Adventures, and if you haven't watched before, please do make note on your calendar. We live stream this program every other Wednesday. Joining me is the creative genius behind this program and also the wonderful friends and uh, partner that we have here, Jeanetta Barry in the Epiphany Process. She's such an important part of the messaging, the education, the hope, and the inspiration that we bring to people all over the world. Let's welcome her to the program and then we'll bring out our special guest. Hello, Janetta. Oh, hello, Dr. Jacqueline. And thank you so much for that special intro. It's just such an honor and a privilege to be able to be part of USA Global TV and for having been able to co-create what we've co-created as a team. It's just wow. So thank you. Thank you. It's it's the day before Thanksgiving, and I'm so thankful for you and for the time and the energy and the professionalism that you put into everything that you do. And it's interesting because we met through an interview. So you never know in life where one connection is going to take you. And, and I remember you were on Celebrate Great Britain Royally Rich, I think was the show, and you were sharing your backstory. And I was so moved by what you shared. And we just had this connection. And here we are, I think a year and a half later. I don't even know. It's been a while. It has been a while. And I've loved every bit of it. I just, I just so enjoy it. And what I also enjoy is the caliber of uh, people we have presenting on this platform. They're open-hearted, sharing, loving. It makes such a difference when all your your colleagues are in the same mindset and, and heart set. So, yeah, I mean, for anybody who wants to know more about USA Global TV and be a part of it, really, I, I, I strongly recommend you reach out because this is the platform of the future, in my opinion. Thank you so much, Jeanette. I appreciate that. So for people who are tuning in for the first time and they're thinking, wow, this is probably a cool travel show. What is this show really about and what are we going to learn today? Yeah, it's not a cool travel show. It's a hot adventure show. And uh, that's why I love it so much, because it's not about saying, go here and do this and and, and you know it'll cost that much and book into this hotel it's it's not that at all we invite people onto this show to share their amazing experiences unique experiences heart opening experiences in their travels and uh that makes it so uniquely different and insightful so it's a bit like 
David Attenborough with a twist. It, it's got that little bit more because it's not just about animals, although it does and can include animals. It's about the people and what they experience in their unique value system. And that's what makes it each program so uniquely different. And, and I love it. I love it. I love it. And it's actually with that, that today's program is, I'm a bit biased because it's got to be one of my favorites today, because our guest today is my very precious daughter-in-law, Ashley Steedman. Now, some of you may remember our very first couple of shows uh, had my son Neil uh, presenting and his experiences of growing up in Kenya uh, as a child and going to school there and then getting into the safari business. And that's where he met Ashley and why she's here today. Um, and uh, I always love being with this precious person. She and I have a wonderful affiliation. So it's with great pride and pleasure that she's joining us today. And we're also going to be the, uh, shall I keep it a secret, Dr. Jacqueline? I, I think so. Yes. yes. <laughs> Hang on. We've got something so special. Ashley's going to share her special moment. And then we've got a really precious guest, guest, guest appearance. So watch, watch this space. It's coming up in a theater near you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's welcome the beautiful Ashley Steven to the program. Hello. Hello, guys. Thank you so much for inviting me to the show. Thank you, you so much. So welcome. Ashley, tell our viewers and listeners where you're joining from today. So I am currently sitting um, in the Timbavati, about 45 minutes to an hour's drive from any city, any town. And I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm in a bush in the lodge. So it's, it's amazing between now, the big I, five. I have to say this, and this is going to come from um, a, an American who is ignorant. That would be me. That would be me. So what I'd love to have you touch on today as part of this conversation, you're an obviously beautiful woman, very glamorous, very attractive. I'm thinking the bush is, you know, I've got a backpack and I'm, I'm covered with mud. And I'm, so, and obviously that's, that's completely false. Tell us what life is like there. Uh, Dr. Jacqueline, you're not far off. I'm also currently fighting off the mosquitoes as we're speaking. Um, <laughs> so people have a very nice picture of what they see on TV generally, which is game drives, good looking guides, you know, bush, animals around every corner. Generally, that's not the case. Um, you know, there's the bad side, the good and the bad, where you can get stuck in the mud, go through thick water, downpour rains um, while you're on the game drive. So yes, it does get us, um, you know, a nice and a dirty out there. But um, me, myself, I really enjoy being um, dressed up all the time, looking good and not looking like I've, you know, just walked a long track through the field. So, yes. Having said that, Ash, I've seen you look good, but you're 
quite prepared to get the mud all over you and knuckle down and 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 do the bush experience and and that's what i love about you is that it, it that there's give and take absolutely uh Janetta. so i absolutely love um dressing up but also you know for the occasion 100% you would not see me actually walking away from home with out uh the proper clothes the makeup the hair and then i hit um Hutspray town which is the closest town to us and you know you can easily see people walk around with their shorts shirts flip flops and um yeah but being a mom i do sometimes tune it down and enjoy the game drives and play in the mud and have some fun with my kids as well ashley question i have for you and also for janetta for people who don't know and they haven't been there they haven't been in the bush they've watched something on television or they've read something is it really two separate different environments one being five star resorts or luxury experiences and then you're in a jungle and there's nothing in between or is there a lot in between those two so no actually it can just remain five star from the landing at the airstrip getting collected by a game viewer having a relaxing drive to the lodge and then arriving there being welcomed uh, with refreshments and then um going to the room and you know they check you in they do the whole story and it's it's really an amazing experience so it depends where you're going and where you're staying some guests prefer a mobile safari that is you know you might get stuck in the mud uh, you might get a flat tire and then you might join in on fixing the tire or digging yourself out of the sand each case decides you know what what the experience is going to be like in the bush um you know when they're booking Thank and you. and yeah yeah we try and provide that experience you know for them yeah i love it so people walk away with that memory of of how they wanted to spend that time well we've lost ashley she's gone and she's a frozen for the gone. moment she Jeanetta, what gone, about so... those two extremes that i mentioned where you are do you find that yeah 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 it happens throughout africa and you choose which one you want um and of course living there is a little bit different uh one tends when you live here and i am generalizing to want to go to to the more uh organic way of doing it so that you really experience the bush and it's something we're going to show a little bit later in that guest appearance where it's just about making sure you've got everything with you even a mobile radio a satellite radio and going into the middle of nowhere and making sure you've got a spare tire and a a a load of spare parts and a spade for a toilet to dig a hole um and you've got to take your own water and your own food i've done that often and i love it because you really feel as though you're one with nature that uh you you can get all the sights the smells you see animals come you see animals go you feel you're really there whereas in a five star hotel it's really lovely but there is a disconnect especially flying in um and then there's a disconnect because you're not really part of the scene you're you're viewing the scene from a distance but that's the wonderful thing is there's a cross section of 
all of that from the one extreme to the other you have different types of lodges and hotels that give a mixture of both so it's not all or nothing and you, you've got that choice Thanks, Janetta. We have lost Ashley. Hopefully she'll be back. But one of the things that we definitely wanted to cover today was to give our viewers and listeners a sense of safety. Is it safe to be in the bush? You just talked about packing up all these things and having them with you. So if you are prepared and you have some basic training, some knowledge, how safe are you out there in the bush? You're safe. If you prepared and you have that knowledge, um, an example would be the very first time I went to Botswana was with Jenny and Catherine, my, my two daughters. Uh, Catherine was about seven and Jenny was about 12, uh, 11, 12. And uh, we were very fortunate to be given a concession to go into Botswana because Botswana is quite expensive. We went with a school group and they gave us a guide. So we were able to go to places that aren't normally safe to go on your own. But we had a guide who had a, a, a rifle with him. So we were able to camp in the middle of nowhere in the Kalahari and in the middle of nowhere in, in Moroni, in, in the Okavango, with the elephants walking right through our camp and, and the lions right close by on the airstrip. And every time they roared, our tent poles were going ding, 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 ding. But it's safe because you know what you're doing and you know where the dangers are and aren't. And then, and then it's fine. Thanks so much for sharing that. And uh, our beautiful guest is back. Hello, Ashley. Hey, guys. I apologize. Um, the power went off. Just quickly trip, but I've been trying to get the Wi-Fi back up and running. Well, it's Yay. good to see you. And we were Thanks just talking about how safe how safe people are if they have some training, some knowledge, the proper equipment if they're in the bush. And I know that was one of the things you wanted to cover today. Yes. So um, as long as the guys are with a qualified guide, um, you know, they'll always be with a manager or a staff member that's been taught how to behave in the bush. Um, how to approach or whether you see a dangerous animal, you know, what to do in that situation. So, yeah, it's, it's absolutely a safe experience. Um, and definitely, you know, if, as long as you treat um, nature with respect, you would really be um, on, on the safe side of it. You know, as long as you're cautious and aware of your surroundings, then um, you really have nothing to worry about. Um, and you would be taken through... Um, every game drive, they will remind you of the safety um, procedures to follow when you go on a game drive, when you walk to your room, you know, anytime or that you do anything um, while staying at the lodge, um, someone will remind you just to be cautious of your surroundings. But they, there, they try and make it the most safe experience possible. Are there typically one or two people who just fall out of line and just want to do something crazy to... <laughs> Just start a stampede oh, yes. or something. Yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I mean, I was in the sighting the other day when someone just wanted to get out of the vehicle to have a bathroom break. And I was uh, surprised. I said, I'm sorry, but we are surrounded by 25 plus wild dogs. Um, I don't think it's a safe thing to do right now. And also there's other game viewers and other people around us. So um, I said, you know, once we leave the sighting, we'll find you a, a safe spot. 
So you absolutely get that, uh, you know, people that want to go and cuddle with a lion maybe, or they don't think it's so dangerous while they're lying on their backs, you know, they look very harmless. So absolutely, you know, we get the more adventurous guests, definitely. <laughs> I can imagine. I'd be staying in the vehicle. That would be for sure. You wouldn't catch oh. me. <laughs> I felt, you know, even, even my kids understand. We stay in the vehicles, arms and legs stay in the vehicles, you know. So yeah. you, you do get the, you do get like an elephant approaching, you know. You know, I've, I've sat in a game video where I've been approached by an elephant and it was sniffing me with its trunk sniffing my head and my shoulders and you just sit so quietly and you don't move and you try not to freak out which is really hard and you're fine you know they move on they're just curious um, but the guide will just tell you to sit very still um, in another incident I was charged by a cheetah but again I was with qualified guides and you know everyone stood dead still and we were fine you know it was pattering its feet on the ground and sh like showing its teeth and she was just unhappy having us there um but we stood still she saw we weren't going to do anything and she was uh, happy and she walked away and we went walked away as well so you, you do Whew. get those experiences but it's a thrill as well you know it's it's in the moment it's scary but it's definitely it's those different. it's it's those moments that get people saying i want to come back yes it really is. Yes, go, wow you know. this is this is the real deal i would love some more of it and and, and, and none of it's choreographed I, it's all happening in no. real time exactly in fact yes. Ash, ashley you were telling me uh this week when we were talking on the phone that you have a guest at the moment that's back for their 19th time <laughs> that's right you know uh she's been coming back it's a guest from switzerland and she's just decided this is her second home and she's been coming back again and again she just loves it she loves the experience and every year she comes back you know nature changes more lions less hyenas um, less lions more hyenas more elephants you know and this is also the seasons that um, everyone's having their babies the impalas and the elephants and she just loves experiencing all of that and you know so every year she she just comes through again and again and she just can't get enough and you have something very special that happened to you that I know we're going to be hearing more about. Jeanetta, do you want to tee it up? I'll tee it up. So um, <laughs> uh, Ashley and Neil had a, a really very special adventure when they were living in Botswana. They were in Botswana for nine years until, until earlier this year when they moved into the most northern part of South Africa. They're almost in, in Mozambique now. You can just about walk into Mozambique where, where they are. And whilst they were living there, um, a, a happening happened where they, Ashley decided that she was going to organize a balloon safari in the Okavango Delta. And interestingly enough, Dr. Jacqueline, it's in the same area we were talking about in the last program that this happened in Bumburu Plains. And um, she organized it all and Ash, uh, uh, Neil and she went off. And I'm now gonna hand the rest of the story back to Ashley because it's a very funny one. 
Over to you, Ash. What happened? Thank you, Janetta. Okay, so, um, you know, Neil said he's got a, a moment, he can take some leave, let's go into the bush, and specifically Vumbara Plains. So he wanted to experience a camp, and uh, so did I. So as I was walking through his office, um, getting ready to leave, you know, I was running around telling the reservations team to please book me a hot air balloon. I know there's hot air ballooning, so I really wanted to get onto one. I went to at least two or three different authorities and said, please make me the, make this happen for me. So uh, once we got there, you know, everyone was like, absolutely, you know, we can do this for you. Um, I was sitting down having lunch. Um, one of the guys, Penyu, actually came up to me, um, the one of the managers, and said, actually, tomorrow morning you're going on a hot air balloon. We, we have arranged this for you. And I was super excited. So the next morning, very early, I would say it was about hoppers four. We got into a game viewer and we were racing to get to uh, the hot air balloon. And I was crossing my fingers that the weather would hold up. If the wind's uh, blowing strong and if it's blowing in the wrong direction, then generally they do not do the hot air balloon. But everything worked into my favor and I got onto the hot air balloon and we were just floating through the sky. You go very low so you can see the animals from close up or they go up higher and then they go really fast to get you into the next area. And while we were up there, Neil was pointing out different animals and saying, look over there and look over there. And honestly, I didn't want us to look at anything except, you know, far into the, the uh, destination to see, you know, all the animals around me. But uh, when I turned around, Neil was slightly on one knee in this small little <laughs> uh, um, uh, basket that we were in and he was actually proposing to me and I just couldn't believe my eyes like I was completely taken aback I did not expect this at all and it was such such a magical moment and obviously the guys on board with us knew what was happening because they were busy taking photos so they knew all along what was happening and here I was thinking that I'm so amazing for arranging this hot air balloon for myself and my now husband Neil Oh, oh, that's so beautiful. It, it was so So, he, so he'd organized it all weeks before. So, And we've got a photo showing the, the moment as Ashley put the ring on her finger. And Ashley, and the ring, talk about the ring. That ring that's on your finger there. So it fit, which I was really surprised about because I've got really big hands. <laughs> But it's such a beautiful ring. It's completely my style. This actually is Neil's um, grandmother's ring, Shushu, who is super. My, my grandmother. My grandmother. It's actually okay. Neil's so great grandmother's great -grandmother. ring. Yeah. So it has so much meaning, and I appreciate it so much because I love anything with history and with a story behind it. So it's really it's a beautiful ring, and. You, as you can see, the surprise on my face. You look shocked. You do. I, I did not expect it. Not at all. It's beautiful. And oh, I, I was sitting in Nairobi saying, Neil, let me know when it's happened and please send photos soon as soon as I, I really <laughs> wished I was a fly or something or a, a bird on the balloon. You know, Neil, Neil struggles to hide any surprises from me. I know about them before he even probably thought about them. And, you know, so this really caught me off guard. So I was 
And Ashley, how long ago was this? So this was uh, in 2017. Uh, Janetta, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, usually Neil's the one that that remembers. April 2017, round about then. Yeah. So. It's magnificent. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us too. I love it. Yeah, it was a very special moment. <laughs> we do have a comment from one of our dear friends here on the platform, Mr. Ian Pelham Turner, who is in London right now. I used to go in with lions and tigers as a wildlife photographer. You have to be careful of elven trunks. Stroke them down, not up. They have spiky hairs, which can badly scratch if you stroke up. All right. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Did uh, you know honestly, that, Ash? No, no, I've never stroked wow. an elephant. I've stood next to one and uh, taken a photo precariously, hoping it doesn't do anything funny. But I've never, like, touched an elephant. You know, I've, well, I have touched it, but not the trunk specifically, you know, just the leg or, or the ear, you know, so, or the tusk. You but, know what? Uh, I, I would like to know about that. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. Um, one thing I wanted to just mention was I've heard this before from our team member, Pet Psychic Amin. I've heard it from other people is that animals can sense our fear and they smell it, I guess. So that's why I guess we have to remain very calm and, and not move a finger, right? Absolutely. Um, I, I have been in a situation where I was walking on a boardwalk, which would have made me um, at eye level with the elephants. So um, I was just stood frozen because I was on a corner of the boardwalk and they were surrounded, surrounding the boardwalk. And I was whispering, like, go away very quietly. And then I said, go away. And then I was like, oh, nothing's happening and my nerves are completely taking over. So then I loudly said, go away. And just, you know, coming out of that fear and like that authoritative go away, they just moved they didn't run. I wasn't screaming or freaking out. I just said, go away, and they moved off slowly. So then I, I got back, um, walked on further to the boardwalk. But that was one moment that I certainly won't ever forget. And, and Ash, you, you, the other one that we were chatting about when we were getting ready for this this program was your hyena moment out on the, out on, uh, in, in Mombo, in the middle of the Okavango Delta. You want to tell yes. that one? So this is quite an interesting one. Um, so uh, it was at least a month that I was being followed by this hyena female. So the hyenas are active between the morning hours and the afternoon hours from about half past five uh, in, in the evening. And then, you know, they're active throughout the night until about uh, half past six, seven in the morning. So when it starts warming up, then they go back to the den. So this hyena specifically would always be waiting for me at night when I came back to the to my room. And then in the mornings, it would still be hanging around. Um, I'd be sleeping at night and it would come right up, walk up on my deck and it would stand there by my room, by my door. And it's just a wooden um, wall. And then the rest of it is mesh. And it would just be a mad smell like it was so bad so so bad like if you haven't smelled hyena before it's it's so bad and and so strong and this hyena um i would wake up neil and say please go and chase this hyena it just it stings and it won't leave me alone um at all 
So then a month or two later, we found out that I was actually pregnant. And unbeknownst to me, when I spoke to one of the um, ecologists, he told me that Sahina was smelling your pheromones. So she was coming to check out what the competition was. So she just wouldn't leave me alone. And, you know, I had no idea what was going on until I found out I was pregnant. And I spoke to a gentleman called Map Ives, who's lived in Botswana for most of his life. He's brought up his kids in Botswana. And he told me that she was just following me around because she was trying to see what was the competition. Wow, that's yeah. fascinating. I, I can understand that. Really? But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a really scary moment. Um, because I would do early mornings. I would wake up the guests at five o'clock in the morning, which means leaving my house, getting off the deck, getting onto the ground, getting back up on the deck and, you know, walking from room to room. Um, so she wouldn't follow me on the deck, but she would be in a vicinity that I would, that she knew I would come back to. Sounds a little too close Amazing. for comfort to me, but... <laughs> to me, it was absolutely, you know, the, the the hyena when they cry, you know, you hear that scary whoop and the echo, and it's a really like a ghost noise, so it can be very eerie, unnerving, so, and they're big, they're much bigger than we give them credit for. Yeah. We do have another comment from Ian if you fear, don't go near. Fear is an attack scent for animals, they attack you before you attack them. So true. Oh, Ian. Yeah. Thanks, Ian, for sharing that. I know we have something very special that we're going to be sharing. So who wants to talk about that? Ash, this is your show. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll start. Okay. All right. Yeah. You start. Um, So my daughter, Arabella, did an interview with her grandmother who she calls, who she lovingly calls uh, Mimi, so that's Janetta. And uh, so th- this is uh, incessantly the videos about my daughter doing the interview with, with her grandmother, you know, and I think that my daughter loves the limelight, so she really had a, a good time doing this. Thank you. Yeah. Jeanette. anything you want to add so, before we show the video? Well, that's a really wonderful introduction because uh, it's true. Bella and I talked about it and she knew I I do a lot of shows and all sorts of things. And I said, would you like to be on my show thinking we'd make it a mock one? And she said, yes. So we set it up so that we were both on my uh, podcast show, my Epiphanies with Janetta, mock. But I was recording it and uh, about halfway through, I thought, we've got to use this. This is amazing, amazing uh, footage. And so we decided to use it. And one of the things that Neil has been doing with Bella regularly is taking her into the bush. One of those trips was into the middle of nowhere with that satellite phone and the spade and the water and nobody to rescue you unless you are on the satellite phone. And I think he spent about five or six nights with Bella in the middle of nowhere in Botswana teaching her all the bits and pieces of, of wildlife and and so on and um so she really became very knowledgeable even the bird book he started putting tabs on the bird book and little diagrams so a blue tit was two breasts that were blue you know things like that <laughs> and that was the tab where she could find a blue tit and look at it <laughs> so funny so um 
yeah, he's done all these sort of things with with Bella. And of course, the the interview was discussing what her life was like. And then we we we've ended the interview with a montage of what this child has done with my son, Neil. So here we go. Uh, Ashley and I proudly present our very special seven-year-old Bella, Arabella. Tell everybody who's watching today, where do you live? I live in the bush. A house. A house? And is the house surrounded by buildings or by bush? By bush. Wow. So tell us about some of the things that you find outside your house some nights when you come home from school. I see hyena. And at morning, I normally see springbok, kudu, um, and some warthog. And when you go to school, is your school very close to your house or is it far away? No, it's two hour drive. Wow. And so what animals have you seen on the road when you're driving to school? Tell tell our viewers about that. I've seen ostrich. I've seen leopard, lion, hyena, zebra and Impala and mostly all of them except for the um the honey I've seen honey badger. I haven't seen an aardvark or a cheetah yet. I've seen a spitting cobra. Whoa. You've seen a lot. And some tortoise and scorpions in my house. So what do you do when you find a scorpion in your house? Well my mom puts them in a container and then we throw it out. Okay, in, back into the bush. Yeah, and I almost fell on one. Oh my word, and then what happened? I, I was almost going to fall on one on my head, but my mom saved me. Oh my word, thank goodness for mummies, hey? When you hear impala in the bush, can you tell the different calls that the impala have? Or do they always make the same sound? They don't always make the same sound. They normally make a noise when there's... um when there's danger. Okay, and can you can you tell us what that noise is like or is that difficult to do? Difficult. Oh, okay. And do they make a noise when the daddy's calling out to the mummies? Um, no, they no? only do it for predators. Oh, okay, all right, wow. And tell me, daddy told me your most favorite happening. In My favorite one is when, um, when we saw the elephant knock down our gate and it came right up to the stick. Oh my word, yes, I remember when that happened. Did you talk to the elephant? My dad tried to chase him away and then my dad called me to go and have a picture in front of it. Oh my word, have we got a picture of that? I haven't seen that. I've only seen the video of the actual elephant trying to eat your tree right on your veranda. He even knocked down all our plants. I saw that. I saw that. One of the plants. What kind? It's a white. How do you know it's a white one? Because it has a square lip and it eats grass. That's really cool. Um, you normally don't see them because they get poached a lot by by um, poachers and and so 
the poachers only kill them for the horn. If we don't stop killing them, they might be um, there might be none less, and they might get um, extinct. Tell us again what we're doing. We're going out of the boat with the car. Yeah. On the Kumaha ferry. Okay, there we go. Okay, what do we have here? We got some leopard tracks. How do you know? Because it's small. They're normally small. And? And they're going. They're going forward. And how many? Um, how many toes do they have? They have four. Four toes and three. Indentations at the back, eh? Hey. Yeah. And we have five toes and one at our back, one pad at our back, right? Hey, Hina. And it's right by our house. What do you know about hyenas? Wow. Hyenas aren't very fast because the, the front legs are short and the back legs are long. It makes it harder, but the, the cool way about being a hyena is that they can, if they run slowly and the animal can run fast, then the hyena runs slowly and the animal can run faster than it, then the animal gets tired and then when the animal gets tired and takes a break, the hyena will um, catch it. Three, two, one, go. Did it work? Yeah. Well done. Oh my goodness. That was incredible. <laughs> like tears. Oh, amazing. So that last lighting as a fire was in the middle of nowhere. Absolutely. And she was learning how to build a fire and cook. And, and that was about two years ago, Ash, wasn't it? She was about five there. Um, actually, I think, yeah, I think you're right, Janita. I, I think yeah. it was actually last year, to, to be honest. I think okay. it was last yeah. year, actually. Yeah. During lockdown, yeah? Uh, yeah, her dad took her off for a few days. I said, off you guys go, and I stayed with Kiara, and uh, they had a little bit of an adventure. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing what she knows. I mean, I don't know any of that. I can't even start a fire. <laughs> she saw those those survival skills and speak so intelligently and and from her heart is beautiful yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, how do you both feel so... watching that when you see it well i mean as a mom i do feel proud you know uh i don't think my daughter realizes exactly how lucky she is um having all of these experiences that she has every day um, but i do hope that pretty soon you know it will just hit her like you know i had all of this at my at my feet you know as young kids you know they they take it for granted every day is the same but um i can't say that they're not learning from that experience you know if, if something happens then they usually are involved in it so um from you know the scorpions that we catch in the house to to the lions to seeing the rhinos it's it's incredible for them Ashley, one thing that really came across to me, and I, I don't have any children, but I know people, especially here in the States, the children are consumed with technology. They're on their devices and they don't 
communicate like other generations because they've grown up with the technology. And there you are with real life experiences every day that your children are embracing. Absolutely, Dr. Jacqueline. Um, so Arabella and Kiara both love the TV, my kids, and, and they do get a bit of tablet time as well, but we try and keep it at a good balance. Um, I must say Neil is better at it than I am, you know, making sure that they get out into the bush and they experience it a bit more often. But then driving an hour and a half to school every day, you know, I try and take away the tablet and we just drive and uh, look at what birds we can identify, what animals. Um, today we had wild dogs running next to our car. Um, we had elephants with their babies uh, close to our car as well. And and the girls love it. You know, you think that they get bored of it after a while, but, but they do engage and, and they do love the experience. But at the end of the day, um, we do like to balance it out with them. Some tablets, some TV, some bush time, play in the mud, jump on the trampoline. You know, I, I do believe that a balance of everything is good for them. Absolutely. And, and Ashley, I'm just wondering, you've got that long drive, an hour and a half, two hours. What are you doing while they're in school? So I actually um, work in Hot Spread. I, I do have a desk space, which I rented, which I rent for a month. Um, and then I can sit there and I do my work. Um, I work for a company based in Australia, but both of us have experience. Um, the, the founder, Dion, actually uh, lived in Mombo and I worked with him uh, while he was staying there. But then he moved to Australia where his family, um, where his wife is from. So uh, for that reason, I'm on the ground. You know, I can report back what's happening, what's new, what's the latest. And, um, you know, he travels frequently to Kenya, to Botswana, to Rwanda. So, you know, together we have a shared experience of um, what's happening, what. He's got kids, so he knows what kids would love and enjoy and, ex and experience in the bush. So together, we, we try and combine those experiences to, to you know, be what the guests would like to, to see at the end of the day and, and to experience. And um, I must be honest, you know, kids can get bored and kids can get frustrated being on long game drives, you know. So there are companies out there that, that offer uh, shorter game drives, they have bush buddy, backpacks you know you have your binoculars and maybe the guide will take uh, the kid on a, a little walk in the bush to go and track the spoor and and um to to identify um the, the the poo or something like that you know and the kids love it they they really love it that experience the guides are phenomenal absolutely phenomenal it just sounds like so, such a great experience educationally spiritually so many ways yeah, it, it and, really and that did. that that's the nice thing, Ash, is that you can you can cater as a as a safari operator with Dion, you can cater to the general or, or very specific. I mean, you you had a very good friends of mine who had to fly three airplanes from Cape Town through to Kenya, um, and uh, it was father, son, and would have been uh, son-in-law. And um, Ash organized that whole trip for them during COVID. And they were able to fly into Botswana and out of Botswana over the Okavango. Uh, so you, some of your, your safaris are very custom made. Yes, Janita, absolutely. You know, what we try and do is personalize every experience um, to, 
for the guests. You know, they will come to us and tell us exactly what they want, which country they would like to visit. And sometimes we might even change it for them and, and tell them, look, I can hear this is the experience you want, but we think that this this place, you know, maybe Botswana would be the best fit, Zambia, it might be Kenya or Namibia. So, and generally, you know, they, they, they take our advice and, and they go with it because, you know, they understand we have that knowledge and, and they like that, they appreciate that. I've done it for, for a few guests where I've changed itineraries and, and put them where they wanted high end, where I've put them low end and said, you know, I think you're going to love this. If you want to get down and dirty, then this is your camp, you know, it's going to be real, a real experience, you know, not too much glamour with it. Ashley, how far in advance do people have to book and what does that process look like? So I've had guests book last minute. It's just a scramble to find space, but it we do make it happen for them. And guest book, uh, some book 2025, 2024, and 2023. Um, it just depends on the guests when they can travel. I'm working on bookings for 2024 at the moment. Um, you know, they they try and get the families together. So this is a bigger booking, so they're trying to accommodate the family and where the whole family can travel. So then they say, let's make it 2024. Then, you know, we, we, we send out a few itineraries. We never just offer them one itinerary. We, we offer them a mid-range, a high-end itinerary, different properties, which offer different experiences and say, are we getting close to what you would like to do? You know, and, and we explain the itinerary in detail to them. This is with a camp, this is what we've chosen, this is why we've chosen it, and this is what you can expect there. And, um, you know, we, we try and do that with all of our itineraries, so that, you know, the guys know exactly what to expect when they get to the camp, or to the lodge, or, you know, start the journey. That's fantastic. And is the opportunity available year-round, or are there better times to book? It's absolutely year-round. Um, it did totally depends on the clients reach out to us we will immediately get in touch with them and almost immediately start working in the itinerary and have it with them in a week or so it just depends how when they want to travel how long it takes us to get availability and then we put it all together we never try and rush something um, because we are trying to personalize it as much as possible uh, for, for the client you know for, for the guest at the end of the day What's a good recommended length of time for someone to come and stay? So I would say three nights per camp is our recommended um, length of stay per night. So some clients like to do three nights, three nights, three nights, or um, three nights, three nights, four nights. So it can be between um, 10 nights to 12 nights. You know, some of them have a long journey, so they'd like to make the most out of their safari before they have to take a long flight back home. So I would say between nine and 12 nights is, is a good amount of time. And it depends, you know, some start in, come to South Africa, go to Botswana, for example, and then move on to uh, Zimbabwe to the Victoria Falls. J just to give an example, you know, so they, they'll visit um, different countries. Or Kenya, they go to Rwanda, vice versa, you know, or to Zanzibar, it's, it just really depends on the client. So many options, I love it. Is there any, is there a certain package or program or um, I'm trying to think what the word is that you would recommend? I know it's different for every guest, but what would you recommend? So for me, um, you know, personally, having 
lived in Botswana, you know, I love the area and there is so much to see and so much to do that I would combine a Botswana going into um, Zimbabwe for a night or two, then heading off to Zambia, you know, and um, experiencing the different um, areas. So as you go, the landscape changes, you know, Botswana has got all the water, then you move into um, uh, Victoria Falls and depending on the water levels, you know, you're going to see a high um, high waters or low waters and then you go into um, Zambia and um, they've got more like um, buffalo, so they've got a congestion of buffaloes or elephants, you see them in, in huge herds. Um, so yeah, I would, I would, that's my, my combination, but there's so many to choose from that I would never give up an opportunity if someone said we're going to Kenya or to Rwanda. I'm, I'd be happy to, to go anywhere, really. I love traveling, so. I love that. Thank you. This has been so much fun. I've really enjoyed this, and especially the, the photograph of that beautiful moment, that surprise on your face, and also the video, just priceless. Thank you oh, so much. It's just been an amazing, amazing, um, I knew I could feel that it was going to be uh, a particularly joyful one and good fun. And Ash, as always, I love spending time with you, uh, whether it's behind a camera now or with you. So I can't wait to see you again soon. I'm going to have to plan a trip to Kenya sometime. And, and Ashley, Sorry. we want people to be able to reach out and contact you. So we have your banner that has your information. But for people who are listening on the radio or on a podcast platform, what are some of the ways for people to reach out if they want a book or they've got questions or maybe they want to plan a proposal in a hot air balloon? How can oh, they yeah. reach out to you? <laughs> so um, I see that my email is there, Ashley at safariguru.com. That is generally um, one of the ways to reach me. Uh, but then also there's the link to our website. So once you go onto the website, you you can see um, who who we are and and there's a few of us that book itineraries. So you can click either on Dion, who's the founder, or myself, or Suze, who's traveled Kenya extensively as well. So she also loves to to plan itineraries. And then Alan is in Cape Town, so you know he's he's on the ground there, and. Um, between us, we have that combined experience to make it an incredible itinerary. And if you want to see what's happening, I just want. Oh, sorry, Nessa. I wanted to say that if you want to um, see and experience what I experience every day, I have got an Instagram account which is called at the Wild Safari Life. The Wild Safari Life. Two things there, um, Ashley. Because people can't read what's there. Um, First of all, it's at the underscore wild underscore safari underscore life. And the website is safari-guru.com. And that's and then S-A-F-A-R-I dash G-U-R-U.com. That's the one. And Ash, what's your following now at uh, on Instagram? It's, it's just exploded. Um, it has surprisingly exploded, uh, Janetta. It's now on 107,000 followers. Woo! Congratulations! That's huge. Thank you so much. Someone did ask me the other day, does that make me an influencer? And I was like, hmm, I never thought of myself as an influencer. You know, I just <laughs> like to 
my my videos of what I see on my drive to school and anything else that's exciting that happened in the bush. So, yeah. Well, congratulations. That is exciting, outstanding. And you have a beautiful family. And Janetta, thank you so much for having Ashley here and having Neil and having your granddaughter. It's just beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, thank discussion. you. It's been lovely. Thank and you. Thank you, Janetta. Mwah. Loves you. Ashley, we hope to see you again. Please do come back and visit us on this or any of our other shows. And keep yeah, smiling. You have a beautiful smile. <laughs> Thank you so much. You too. <laughs> Thank you. Bye for now. Cheers, guys. Bye. What a great show, Janetta. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful show. Loved every second of it. Just superb. And for people you know, who don't know, Janetta recently got married. So you are celebrating I did, I did. all around. Yeah, I is. I is. It's been <laughs> a, an amazing year, actually, in terms of celebration and, and achievement. Um, being able to move where we've moved to in the Great Rift Valley just before we got married. I mean, it's, it's paradise there. And by the way, Dr. Jacqueline, um, two days ago, um, one of the, um, uh, what's the word, uh, uh, I, I want to say the Swahili word, as uh, Askaris that, that look after the security men, uh, told us that there is a leopard at the end of our, our you know, we got an airstrip at the bottom of, our, of our, our garden, and there's a leopard with two cubs, and she killed an impala the night before last and took it up as tree whilst... Uh, at the same time, a hyena killed a baby zebra and took it somewhere else. And, and we were going, <sighs> didn't even know it had happened. So we're very lucky. And, and you know, World Jenny's Day was an amazing happening this year. And the, the safari bike ride, raising funds for World Jenny's Day, was it was the first time we'd done it. That was amazing. It, it's been a and of course, all this experience with USA Global TV has happened all this year. And I and I stop and reflect. And my Thanksgiving is for the the wonderful, wonderful way things have flowed this year in terms of adventures and happenings. Oh, thank you, Janetta. And we're going to continue to enjoy this journey and bring more education, hope, and inspiration in this show and already two other shows today. There's another show on Monday, Woman's Prerogative. So we'll just keep sharing the joy. And thank you to everybody who's watching and people who are listening. We really do appreciate you. And my Thanksgiving is just honoring each and every one of you and asking you to continue to spread love and light in the world and come back and see us again soon. Aww. Lots of love, everybody. Can't wait to have you with us again in two weeks' time on this program show. Absolutely. Thank you, Ashley. Bye, everyone. Bye.